Cryptocurrencies have become a widely talked about topic in recent weeks with the collapse of the FTX crypto exchange. These currencies are created and facilitated on a technology called blockchain, which is a framework that allows hundreds of computers to work simultaneously to create and facilitate transactions of cryptocurrencies. This technology is considered by some to be anti-fragile by nature, but what is anti-fragile? And how could this technology benefit cybersecurity as a whole, both blockchain and anti-fragile? Today, I'm going to be talking with my student, Matt Schillingford, to explore the possible benefits of using anti-fragile principles in conjunction with blockchain technology for the world of cybersecurity. Stay with us. Matt, welcome to WMD. Thank you for having me. So why don't you tell our, student, our, uh, our students, our listeners, a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I'm a fifth-year cybersecurity major uh, at York College of Pennsylvania. Uh, it rough start to my first for to my beginning college years, but uh, I've gotten significantly better. And uh, I've watched you grow as a, as a student and seen seen the the changes in mm-hmm. in where you were when you were because I think I was your advisor when you were a freshman, wasn't I? Uh, you were my second semester. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember. Um, I uh, just throughout the years, I also fell like deeper in love with just cybersecurity in general and just learning more about it, even in and outside of school. So yeah, we have a lot of fun in our classes. Yeah, <laughs> me, Doctor Nori, and all of our mm-hmm. students, we have a good time. And and so I like hearing that you you the more you learned about it the more you enjoy this subject and and got interested in mm-hmm. it. That's that's a good sign, especially for for um, somebody who I, I'm a, I have ADHD. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I've never technically been diagnosed, but I certainly exhibit a lot of the traits according mm-hmm. to my students who have it. And cyber is excellent for that because you can be anything in any industry, and you. There's always more to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to get bored. <laughs> yeah, it really is hard to get bored. Yeah. So, okay. Talk about how you, how did you wind up on this topic of anti-fragile and blockchain? So I could get on the blockchain first because that's kind of where I started. Okay. It, blockchain is, of course, like the technology that makes cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum possible. And over the summer, I've been watching a lot of CoffeeZilla on YouTube, and he basically exposes cryptocurrency scams Mm -hmm. and also, like, things you should and shouldn't do when dealing with cryptocurrencies. And so it's probably important at this at this point to to talk about the fact that for for a very long time, Mm -hmm. blockchain technology was used interchangeable and treated as if it was a synonym for cryptocurrency. Yes. Yeah. In reality, blockchain and crypto blockchain is a technology that underscores and supports cryptocurrencies, mm-hmm. but blockchain can be a lot of things, not just cryptocurrency. Yeah. It is just the bone work that it's what created the decentralized nature that cryptocurrencies mm-hmm promote the most right it does not need to be a cryptocurrency on it because effectively what blockchain is it's a bunch of blocks that make up ledgers right and these ledgers are what facilitate transactions with like a bank does right it's like it's like accounting Mm -hmm. and so like these ledgers can do anything Mm -hmm. they don't just need to be the transference of currency they can be the transference of just data too right in fact for for a point of reference for our listeners the first episode of season two we were talking about non-fungible tokens with an art house that specializes 
in um, not at NFT artwork, mm-hmm. and um, and they use blockchain in the NFT world for um, provenance. It, it's a it's a ledger to identify the provenance of artwork and who's owned it at what point in time, mm-hmm. and so um, blockchain can go way beyond just cryptocurrencies. But what drew you to it was, in fact, the cryptocurrency exchanges. Mm, yeah, specifically the exchanges and how like sometimes they can be vulnerable and like what causes them. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of why uh, when I can lead into anti fragile because uh, my mentor Michael Wudenberg. Mm-hmm. Brought up, who, who is another former guest on WMD, who he introduced the idea of anti fragile, and it's something that I had never heard of, even in school mm-hmm. here. And as I learned more and more about it, specifically, I read uh, Nassim Talib's book on it, and he's the one who uh, coined the term anti fragile. Um, I learned uh, in learning it, I decided. This should be taught like just to cyber kids in general because it's a different way of thinking. Because I know in uh, Professor Nori's class, we have to learn like a lot about robustness, resilience, Mm -hmm. but um, anti fragiles, the whole principle is that it's above those two principles. It uh, improves after an attack, it doesn't stay weakened or it doesn't collapse, it gets better. Right. So, for example, one of the places I've seen anti-fragile concepts, not not in cybersecurity, but is actually in human biology, mm-hmm. in the structure of our bones and our bones and our muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons that balance exercises are so important is that there are all these little micro movements that your body does in order to stay balanced. And in in executing those little micro movements, you build your muscle so that it can adapt to multiple directions simultaneously. If you're doing good balance work, um, your muscles will build in a way that makes them not symmetric, mm. but strong. And and so while symmetry is beautiful, symmetry often has obvious vulnerability points, mm-hmm. whereas asymmetry can actually create stronger structures. And so the concept of anti-fragile um, from this human biology perspective, the way I understand it. And, and I learned about anti-fragile from, from his mentor as well, which is why I introduced the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this idea that anti-fragile, the absence of symmetry is what creates the strength in, in, because you're not sure what, what is the weight-bearing joint in mm-hmm. an anti-fragile structure. Yeah. So yeah, with an anti-fragile structure, it generally is, there, there's, generally no symmetry just so like it's like an amoeba Mm -hmm. like an amoeba is not a circle like you would draw it in science class (laughs) it is a random shape whatever nature designed desires it to be and it is universally able to do everything any other amoeba is able to do but it will it's not like a fractal either because a fractal is like a snowflake fractals have symmetry Mm -hmm. so it's different from a fractal also yeah so it's like it's you're never going to see a system that like that is anti-fragile and looks the same way from either side. Right. Interesting. Okay, so now we've defined anti-fragile and we've talked about blockchain. Um where do you want to go next with this conversation? How do we want to talk about um the 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 link between these two concepts and cybersecurity? 
So I think the best way we could start is just with like just linking cybersecurity and anti-fragile. Okay, start with that. Um, cybersecurity very much deals with trying to, pre- it's a very preventative mm-hmm. where you want to prevent a system from being breached. Well, anti-fragile is kind of a preventative, but also a proactive approach to a cyber attack. How do you operate through a cyber attack as yeah. opposed to be... Uh, dealing Bro- with the stopped, fallout. Yeah. right? <laughs> Brought down to your knees by exactly. a cyber attack. How do you just continue to to wear your body armor and operate in the yellow zone or even the red zone? Mm-hmm. So, like anti fragile, very much you want to incorporate the robustness, but also the fact that your system can recover itself without you having to do anything, um, just to prevent it from happening again mm-hmm. to breach the to patch the breach and some people have like proposed using ai but then that has an inherent flaw in the mm-hmm. fact that you have to have the capability of an ai but also uh you have to make sure that the ai knows what it's dealing with right which is again hard in the cyberspace considering the attackers are always one step ahead mm-hmm. of the people who are trying to defend it right we're not talking about a static Threat. Mm-hmm. We're ta- we're talking about a very dynamic threat that changes based. On, it's game theory. Mm-hmm. It's game yeah. theory. So it's all about okay. They made these maneuvers. We're going to make these maneuvers so that we can continue to breach. Mm-hmm. And so the concept behind anti fragile is that in a world of game theory, where the the attacker continues to morph their attack in order to um, thwart your defenses, mm-hmm. anti fragile would help to make your system harder to identify where all where your various vulnerability points are because there is not obvious symmetry it doesn't look the same from from multiple directions yeah so you can uh, you can absolutely make it so a system no longer resembles an ordinary system because when i think of like a system's architecture it, it brings me back to like you know old 80s movies where they have like a firewall be like a square of fire right but in reality uh it's just a bunch of ones and zeros and with anti-fragile you can make it look like a bunch of ones and zeros but in reality it could be something completely different twos and threes exactly <laughs> if that were a thing yes <laughs> different ones and zeros kind of like uh, schrodinger's cat yes <laughs> okay all right so um so what have you been what what have you been learning? What what kind of things do you want? Well, you know what? Before we get to that, let's take a quick break and mm-hmm. we'll come right back and talk about that. So this is some pretty sophisticated stuff you've been studying. I'm it's clear you've learned a whole lot. The fact that you would have read an entire book on anti-fragile is impressive. Yeah, well, uh, that's the first thing I started with was that book. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's a great source. It's anti-fragile by Nassim Tlaib. It just it goes over the entire definition of what Tlaib defines as anti-fragile and gives a fair amount of examples of how it's either utilized now or could be utilized. And in his book, is he talking about using anti-fragile for cybersecurity or is he talking about anti-fragile just as as a system, complex systems design? Just as a complex systems design. He's not a cyber guy, Uh but he is very much in the tech industry because he's a massive proponent of cryptocurrencies. Okay. All right. So... Now we just had the the collision of anti-fragile mm-hmm. and blockchain. So talk about that. Talk about this 
collaboration between anti-fragile and blockchain ideology wise not um yeah i'm using collaboration but that's not the right word ideology wise there are actually two sides of it um you have the basically by the book people who state that anti-fragile or cryptocurrencies by nature and blockchain by nature is anti-fragile okay but uh the through a couple of meetings with Mr. Woodenberg, him and I discussed it and we're kind of on the edge of determining that as well as I've found a bunch of, I think, 20 different sources that are like, it's not uh-huh. because blockchain by nature and on textbook is anti-fragile, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that the systems that you house it on are either faulty or incorrect. Mm-hmm. That's how it can be broken mm-hmm. and the anti-fragility can be basically dissolved into just resilience and strength um so blockchain in itself is absolutely in my opinion Mm anti-fragile um on paper okay because it can rebound from an attack Mm -hmm. it's also very hard to attack it in fact it it, no one's ever to this time and to my knowledge has ever hacked a blockchain right to date yes they've attacked like the exchanges, mm-hmm. the computers that house it. They've socially engineered people people's uh, phone providers so mm-hmm. that they can duplicate their phones. But they have never once hacked the blockchain code right. itself. Which is one of the reasons that that's such an attractive uh, technology for things like the art world or the finance world mm-hmm. or, or contracts and any number of, of applications of blockchain technology is mm-hmm. the fact that to date, nobody has hacked it, although there's speculation that when quantum computing becomes accessible, that that, that may change. Yeah, mm-hmm. that absolutely might do it. Just because right now, the theory is that the reason blockchain hasn't been hacked is solely because the amount of calculations it would take right. to hack it. But quantum would, would be qu- able to do that. <laughs> quantum would be able to do that. But then what if we made blockchain using a quantum computer? Then, then it then, kind right. of... <laughs> then you're back in the realm the of... Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> So interesting. Um, what else? What else do you want to talk about? It, it, I'm just, when I set out on this topic, I thought, oh, this is going to be a nice kind of straightforward look. And then as I did more and more research, I'm like, this is a lot more information than I thought it was going to be. And the more you know, the less you realize you know. Yes. And the more you want to know. Yes. Ideally. In, in research, if you pick the right topic, the more you know, the more you want to know. Yeah. I, I've spent a lot of time researching this because I just, A, found it so fascinating, mm-hmm. and B, uh, I would lose track of time. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the ultimate... <laughs> ultimate, ultimate assessment of something that's interesting for sure. Um how would you suggest that we bring you mentioned at the beginning you think that this is something we should be starting to talk about in the classroom what what classes would you start injecting something like this into i uh, well specifically one that i know we could interject it on would be uh dr nori's cyber threat analysis okay i took that class uh a year ago mm-hmm. and in that class i know we learned about resilience mm-hmm. i know we learned about robustness I know we learned about the basic topics that anti-fragile says and claims to be and addresses it to be higher than. And I found that it was really interesting that it was never brought up, Uh especially because the textbook we used was written in 2019. And now at the time, anti-fragile was only a nine-year-old concept. It was... Uh 
coined in 2010. Right. The first time I'd heard of it was in 2019. So a book published in 2019 would have been being written in 17 and 18. Yeah. So it, it was a fairly recent, like, it's still a fairly new topic, mm-hmm. but it, it, the way that it shows, because we keep, the way technology is venturing, mm-hmm. it is venturing to be more a mirror of nature itself. Okay. And ro- and anti-fragile is very much a, na- a natural concept. A natural phenomenon. Yeah. It's a natural phenomenon that happens in everything. So if we keep trying to make mm-hmm. life and technology revolve around each okay. other they're going to innately gain some anti-fragile traits. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important that everyone knows because I know a lot of my fellow classmates, when I start talking about anti-fragile, they get lost Uh because they have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, you're talking about significant complexity and complex system design um, because it's one thing for anti-fragile to be naturally occurring in Mm -hmm. complex biological systems. It's something else to try and design it in when we as humans like patterns, mm-hmm. we like to be able to anticipate, predict, and comprehend. And anti-fragile is sort of counter to to those mm-hmm. wirings in our brain. And I'll give you a great example. One of the things that, that we talk about in OPSEC, and I think I talked about with this with a little bit with Jaden, um, when we introduced big data analytics and blue for- to blue force tracking data, we discovered a pattern. Um, part of the OPSEC was that you constantly varied your routes. Mm-hmm. Now, what we discovered once we were able to have a system that could process the amount of blue force tracking data that we had, we discovered that there, in our attempt to vary our patterns, there was a pattern. There was a pattern. And so um, they discovered once they had the system that could uh, uh, could actually consume the data and see the pattern mm-hmm. that, you know, like every three, every third or fourth Tuesday or every six, you know, I don't remember whether it was there a six weeks pattern or a three week pattern or whatever. But um, it figured out that every sixth Tuesday or whatever it was at, at 3 p.m., they were making a turn at the same stop sign. But there was so much data in that window, that's three week or six week or however many week window, that unless you had been watching that stop sign and only that stop sign, you would not have picked up on the pattern that existed. Mm -hmm. And so in an attempt to be anti-fragile, which is what OPSEC behavior is, it's trying Mm -hmm. to be unpredictable and not symmetric and not have a pattern, um, there is still an innate human behavior that ties into pattern pattern thinking and and complexity is so hard to grasp that that to try and build anti-fragile in becomes an interesting challenge yeah absolutely but yeah. i think just getting the idea out there even if you don't mm-hmm. even if we as a school didn't go into depth in it into mm-hmm. it just kind of went on the surface level right. get it in the minds of people because if I had this idea in my mind, I would have started researching it a year ago. Uh huh. Because I just find it that interesting. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there are going to be other people in this major here, like mm-hmm. me, who are interested in this topic. And if they were introduced it earlier, they could get start get a head right. start on it. Well, and and if you think about the, I'm going to use a, a military term, the force multiplier of educating people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if we're introducing it as a concept in our classes and we're we're educating. The students and then you're carrying what you've learned you'll carry into wherever you work from mm-hmm. here on out 
and and you'll just become more knowledgeable about this as you see things in context and begin to understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, another place it could probably fit um, is the emerging technology class, which I only taught for the first time last year. Um, blockchain is one of the technologies we cover, so we could probably try and inject a little discussion about anti-fragile into mm-hmm. into block into the blockchain uh, module mm-hmm. um, to just talk about what that means. Um, but yeah, anti-fragile is a really important concept, and and I know very little about it. You know more than I do because I certainly haven't read the book. I know what little you've taught me and what I've learned from conversations of of Winberg. Um, and he had sent me some presentation that he did way back in 2019. He's advanced <laughs> for yes. he's advanced three years since this the time that he was talking to me about anti-fragile. Um, but from this concept of how do you continue to operate through an attack? And that's very different than um, resilience is the ability to recover after an attack. Yes. Robustness is the ability to operate through and during an attack. Mm-hmm. And so anti-fragile is, is a, an important factor in robustness. And, mm-hmm. and how you build that in is it remains to be seen. It's going to be a combination of human technology information you know that it's just going to be a whole bunch of different factors that you build it in by nature of the fact that anti-fragile should be addressing multiple parts of a system simultaneously Mm -hmm. all right well anti-fragile we are in the vuca mountains things are volatile uncertain complex ambiguous and that's sort of the benefit of anti-fragile is that it is very vuca in and of itself it's a vuca solution for a vuca world so get ready to hop out of your canoe when people accuse you of rocking the boat. Lace up your boots and use your paddle as a walking stick. We'll see you next time on WMD. Thank you for listening to WMD, Weapons of Mass Disruption podcast. This podcast is produced by Dr. Tamar Schwartz and edited by me, Chris Perez. All rights reserved to Dr. Tamar Schwartz, and you may access this podcast free of charge on any of your preferred platforms or by visiting us at lamrai.com. That is L-L-A-M-R-A-I.com.